What has been the biggest disappointment of your life so far? What has been the toughest thing that you have ever had to face? It may even be something that you are dealing with right now. For some of us in this room, we came home, we turned on the computer, and to our surprise, to our horror, we found that our spouse had been looking at some things that they really they weren't supposed to be looking at. That they were committing adultery with someone else, maybe not physically in a relationship, but certainly by looking at images of another person online. And in those moments, your world changed forever. Suddenly, you began to see that spouse in a whole different way. For others of us, maybe recently or maybe in the last little while of your life, you walked into an office and your boss told you, and unfortunately, we're going to be dismissing you from your duties. That job that you've been working so hard on, that you, that you trained for, that you got an education for, that, that you pour your heart and sweat and tears in every single day, that I'm sorry, but you're going to have to look for something else. Others of us can think about a doctor's appointment. I don't know about you, but I'm just going through life and and I got kids to take to soccer practice, and we got school things going on, and I got to go to church, and I got to pay some bills, and oh yeah, I got that doctor's appointment, and hey, can we kind of get this out of the way, because I got a lot of other things I need to do today. Well, no, Mr. Langford, you need to sit down and, and, and take a deep breath. Something was shared with you that changed your life forever. We have those moments in life, don't we? We have those gut wrenching moments those gut punching moments a phone call from the police saying that a child a son or a daughter has committed a crime and you know that in many ways your child their life is never going to be the same it only takes a few moments for our lives to be changed forever amen and all of us have experienced that to some degree or another But as has been shared already in the service, I've got good news for you. Easter promises us that Easter, that God has brought us hope. Isn't that what we need? Because of the reality of life, because of the the intensity of life, the severity of life, we need to know that there's hope. Hope that this is not the end of our story. Amen? Hope that, that there is a future. That yes, the reality is that things are hard. That things are going to be hard for a little while. But I need to know that there's a future and a hope. And God promises us through Easter that that is true. So let's look at uh, Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 13. I'm going to read these verses first of all. Then we're going to think about maybe what God wants to say to us through them. It says, And behold, two of them... Now this is in the resurrection story, starting in Luke chapter 24... But it says, and behold, two of them, and these were not two of the eleven disciples, because we find out what they were doing up in verse 9. But two of the other disciples were going that very day, that Sunday, to a village named Emmaus. Which the Bible tells us was about seven miles from Jerusalem. If you can imagine a seven mile journey, if you're sitting there on the corner of Aviation and Route 9, you look up, there's there's a sign right there that says Lake George, seven miles. Okay, if you can imagine, starting that, right there where Olive Garden is, if you can imagine, they were 
They were going from Jerusalem. They were going from Queensbury to Lake George. They were going from Jerusalem to a place called Emmaus. Seven-mile journey, according to how fast you walk, maybe two to four hours. would be about how long that walk would have taken. As they were walking, as they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place, it says, while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself, don't forget he had died, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But the Bible tells us their eyes had been prevented from recognizing him. He said to them, what are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you're walking? And that word exchange means that they were throwing around, that they were having a pretty intense conversation. I think the sense here is that here are two people that their Lord, they had just witnessed, had died. It's over. That cross, it's over. He had been executed as the worst of all criminals would have been executed. So they're having a very intense conversation with one another as they were walking. So when Jesus asked that question, it says that they abruptly stood still. They stopped. And they looked sad. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? He said to them, What things? They said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who is a prophet, mighty in deed and word, in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. Now listen to this statement. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. We were hoping that he had been the one. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also, some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said. But him they did not see. And he, Jesus, said to them, O foolish men, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. They approached the village where they were going to Emmaus, and he, he acted as though he was going on further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting towards evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in and stayed with him. But when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us? While he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining or opening up for us the scriptures, they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, remember seven, seven miles away, returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together there the 11th, the 11 and those who were with them, saying, the Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. Now, as we read those verses, there's a lot of things 
that are going on. But God reminds us, first of all, as we read those verses in Luke chapter 24, that we all face major hurts and disappointments in our lives. I do not know if we can possibly understand what it would have been like to be those disciples. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that all of their lives, just like us, they had been searching for hope. They had been searching for truth. They had been searching for answers. They had been searching for the path to live and to walk and to be the person that they were supposed to be and to live their life the way they were supposed to live it, only to be disappointed each and every time. But then Jesus, who claimed to be God himself, God came as a man and was in their midst. They were there with him, some of them for, for, for many years, for several years. And they knew, they just knew that this time was different. There have been so many things in my life before that I'd put my trust in, that I'd put my hope in, but this time is different. He is the one. But then they saw him on that cross. They saw he, he was gone. He died. They put him in a tomb. It did not end the way it was supposed to end. Have you ever had something like that in your life? Have you ever had something that just about crushed you? Amen, anybody? I mean, it's annoying when my battery died earlier this week at Subway. That's annoying, amen? That, that, that is uh, um, inconvenient to say the least, amen? Especially when I didn't have my jumper cables. It's annoying when I find out from the cable company that somehow my check or my payment has been displaced. Isn't that annoying? It's annoying when I call to, to fix a bill and I get transferred to India and then I get transferred to uh, South America and then I get transferred to California and, then, and I still don't get my... It's annoying. It's, it's frustrating. We have lots of things, red lights, bosses, employees... There's a lot of things that are real struggles, but they're recoverable. But some things are almost, listen to me, some things are almost too much to recover from. Amen? Amen. My wife is leaving me. What do I do with that? Amen? She's not really. Okay, not my wife. <laughs> She's right there. <laughs> Raise your hand. <laughs> but if she was, I wouldn't be here tonight. Seriously, amen? I received a diagnosis. That unless God does a miracle, I'm not going to be on this earth very much longer. That's a game changer, isn't it? That is, things have taken a turn. I can't control it. And it's probably never going to be the same again. I'm getting sued in my business. They're probably going to take everything away. And some things, even like these guys, some things we even thought that God had promised us. Amen? 
We thought that God had spoken to us. We sat in a service like this or a Bible study in our time of the Lord and felt that God had promised us something. And now that thing is not going to happen the way that we thought or we had hoped. We all face, just like these disciples, these early disciples, major life-changing, even life-threatening disappointments and hurts. If that is you today, I want you to know the Bible says God cares about that hurt. That God sees and God knows and God cares. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you at the proper time. Casting, I love that image. Casting, throwing, tossing upon Him all your anxieties and cares because He cares you. I'm glad that you came. To, you chose to come to church today. Amen? Because that disappointment does not have to be the end of the story. Something happened for these followers of God and that same thing can also happen in your life today. Yes, we experience major disappointments and hurts. But Jesus wants to meet us at that point of hurt. Look at these verses. It says in Luke chapter 24, if you, as you read that, did you, notice the, did you notice the tenderness of the Lord in this passage? Do you notice the gentleness of the Lord? Do you notice, someone said one time, I love this image, that, that God is a gentleman. Don't you love that image? That God's a gentleman, that He does not force Himself upon us, that He is very patient, that He is very kind with us. And we see that patience come out in these verses. Many of us have been taught that God is very quick. That God is very angry, that He is very harsh. But friends, listen, I'm just reading you the Bible. The Bible says that God is not like that. That God is slow to anger. That He is very gracious. That He is compassionate. That He is merciful towards us. That He understands how we're made and how we're put together and how fragile and weak we are. Somebody says, but what about that statement where He says... Uh, Oh, foolish men and slow of heart. What about that? Listen to me very carefully. Many times we have the impression that God has the strongest words for those who are not currently a part of church or who are not currently walking with Him. But in the Bible, it appears that God is very patient with a person in that situation. Isn't that good news? Because many of us are afraid to come to God because we're afraid that He's going to say, well, now you come. Now that you're in trouble. Now, now that you need me, sure, now you come. Now that you made a mess of things. But that is not, religion says that. Church says that. False spiritual leaders say that. But God does not say that. God says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When we're coming to God, he's, we're not saying, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have done that. If you are really coming to God and you find Him, you're going to say, oh, thank God, why didn't I do this sooner, amen? But listen, the people that God usually, and here we find, the people that God usually has the strongest words for, listen, friends, especially if you've been in church for a long time, the people that God usually has the strongest words for are those who are supposed to be walking with Him, but are missing what he's doing. So for us today, what does that mean? If this is your first time in church in a long time or your first time in church ever, th that uh, foolish and slow of heart that Jesus is making, that statement is not for you. 
But if you've been here for 10 years and are missing God, that is for you. I might put it this way. If you're thinking, is it me that he's talking about? It's probably not. If you're thinking, well, I know he's not talking to me. Jess, Jess. That means just saying, all right? <laughs> For those of you guys that don't know. God's very patient. He meets us at that point of need. Isn't that good news? In their brokenness, He met them very gently there. Listen, aren't you glad He also speaks to us? As we read these people's story, and listen, don't miss this. They were devastated. Their world was rocked. Their foundation was destroyed. But by the end of this story, they are celebrating. They are rejoicing. What made the difference? God spoke to them. Isn't that amazing? The difference between devastation or joy, the difference between what are we going to do from here on out to here's exactly what God wants us to do, the difference was God speaking to their life. Could it be as simple as that for your life and mine? Could it be that the thing that's most missing in my life is regularly hearing from God? I hope that maybe for somebody here today, as you're you're hearing the Lord speak to your heart, that you'll say, God, could it be that simple? Could it just be that I haven't been giving you the opportunity to give input into my life? That's why. We give our lives to Him, amen? Because I need to have a relationship with Him, first of all. The reason I give my life to God is because I need that free flow of information from Him, amen? That's the reason that we want to spend time with Him every day. Not because legally you are required to open your Bible for 10 minutes every single day. But it's because I need to hear from God. That's why we come to church, because hopefully if we're a Bible-believing, Christ-honoring church that shares God's Word faithfully, Hopefully, on a regular basis, people are hearing God's voice. Are you serious that someone could have come to church in this service right now ready to give up? We could leave this service in a few moments with hope, with joy, with purpose. And what was the difference? God met me at my point of need and He spoke into my life. By the way, isn't it interesting that they didn't recognize Jesus at first? Isn't that kind of interesting? I'll give you a couple of reasons I believe that, that was probably true. First of all, I believe their pain was so deep that they did not even recognize when they were in God's presence. Could that be possible for you and for me? Isn't it? Honestly, sometimes... Isn't it true? In fact, that's some of the reason that, I mean, I have to, I'm a pastor, but there's times that I don't want to come to church because I'm hurting so bad. Amen? So it's possible that sometimes the reason we're not recognizing the Lord's presence is because that pain is so deep. And, and I believe the Lord would say, bless your heart. But don't forget, He's very patient. Amen? They might have been expecting to see him, or they, but they weren't. If they had expected to see him, they didn't expect to see him this way. Amen? 
Do you ever have an image of what you think God ought to be doing? Do you ever have a struggle or a problem in your life and you're thinking, okay, this is how it needs to work out? Does God sometimes intersect with that and say, well, here I am, but that's not exactly what I wanted to do? Amen? And they weren't expecting to see him. Sometimes the reason we don't see the Lord, listen, as far as they knew, it was what? It was over, amen? As far as they knew, it was over. Friends, listen, we need to understand about this God that we serve. It is never over with him. You see, even if he's up on that cross, even if they put him in that grave, even if they put a big boulder up against it, even if they put big burly guards, no one could get him out. My God's coming out of there. Amen? That's what Easter tells us. Easter tells us that we should be expecting God to show up. Maybe God's trying to say to your life, I have not left you. I am still here. But are you willing to listen to my voice? Are those some of the struggles you have? Do you sometimes, is your pain so deep that you can't recognize God? Would you call out to Him and just say today, God, please be patient with me, amen? God, be patient with me because I'm struggling, I'm hurting, I'm weak. God, I don't want to turn against you, but I'm hurting right now and I need you just to be gracious with me. Or God, listen, I don't understand everything about you. And so if you were to show up, I might miss you, amen? So sometimes I'll just say to the Lord, Lord, I'm hard-headed or I'm slow. So really, like, make sure I'm getting it, okay? It's not because I don't want to see you. It's not because I don't want to respond to you, but just kind of give me a little extra because I need it, Amen. Maybe, God, would you help me not to, to limit what you want to do by my expectations? Because sometimes God might want to do... Listen, friends. Sometimes God might want to do something in your life today that you never imagined your life doing. Are you willing to let Him do that? Because if you are, He's willing to meet you at that point of need. Just like these early disciples. And if that's the decision you'll make, I want to share this with you. There is hope for the future. Yeah, we got problems. We got big problems. The good thing is that the Bible acknowledges that. The Bible doesn't smooth over. In fact, that's why Jesus had to die on a cross, because there are major problems. Problems big enough that we could not take care of them ourselves. God had to come handle it for us. The good news is that He was willing to, and He did. Amen? The hope is that the Easter tells us he was willing to do that and he was victorious over that. This past week I was reminded of some struggles in other people's lives that are breathtaking. On Facebook, some of my relatives, they were sharing how, I believe it was six years ago this week, that their dad was shot. Point blank range. Had a part-time job at a gas station. Cold-blooded murder, shot, killed right there. That's real, isn't it? If their family was coming to church today, he would not be here. That's how real it is, amen? He would not be driving the car. He would not be cooking on the grill. He would not be sitting by his wife and kids, amen? 
That's real, isn't it? Many of you have heard of Pastor Rick Warren. Wrote the Purpose Driven Life. Many people's lives have been changed by that, by that book. Pastor's one of the largest churches, top ten churches in size in the United States. But he shared this week, now listen, this is real, isn't it? That he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to share this Easter weekend. I think their services were starting last night, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. He wasn't sure that he was going to be able to because last year, his son, or two years ago, his son took his life on that day. As a result, he was struggling with mental illness, a lot of complexity to the situation. But the reality is the Warren family doesn't have a son. Amen? And they're struggling with that. When we face our biggest struggles in life, and we will have them, there is just no way to recover without God. But with the Lord, there is hope. Amen? It's not a pie in the sky. It's not a fake Christian smile pretending. Looking at our problem for the massive challenge that it actually presents and still knowing that from what I know about my Lord, He was not surprised by this. I was surprised by it. Amen? It caught me off guard, but God knew that it was coming. But even better than that, my God will not be overcome or overwhelmed by it. Listen to me, friend. Write this down. This problem will not define me. Listen. In Christ, this problem will not define my life. I will be victorious over it. Amen? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, If I trust in the Lord with all my heart, don't seek to lean on my own understanding. But in all the ways of my life, if I acknowledge God, then He will direct my paths. Look at what happened to these people, verses 33 through 35. It says that after that happened, they got up that very hour and ran back to, I believe they ran, they, were, they returned to Jerusalem, seven miles, and found gathered together the eleven, the eleven apostles, disciples, the original twelve, but Judas, uh, Judas bailed out, so the original eleven, those who were there with them, saying, the Lord has really risen. Because they had an encounter with the risen Lord, their situation changed. They knew there was hope for the future. What looked like had been taken away from their lives, never to return, God had restored. And now for the rest of their lives, they would live their lives for Him. and They would share about Him with other people. Friends, listen. According to the Bible, Jesus is here. Just as real. Listen, here's what we want to think. We want to think, if I had been there, if I had been at the cross, if I could have seen him walking, if I could have experienced. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, listen, we have enough right now. We have the Word of God and we have the Spirit of God. The Bible seems to indicate that right here, right now, in these very moments, that you can meet that risen Savior. That you can have an encounter with the same person, the same God that these two on the road to Emmaus had. And if you do, if you would be willing to respond to that, the Bible says there is hope for your future. 
Would you be willing today to say, Lord, I hear you? You're speaking to my heart. I believe. Amen? I believe. I want to give my life to you. I want to follow you. I have not been a follower of yours, Jesus, for whatever reason. I've never been to church. I went to church, but it was a dud or it was a, a bad apple, and there's bad apples in every bunch. Amen? But don't blame that on God. Even if we mess up, God forbid, don't blame it on God. Maybe you've been here, like I said earlier, for 10 years. Maybe you're highly involved in church, but you've never had a personal encounter with the risen Savior and Lord. Something has happened in these moments that we've been together here. God is speaking to your heart. And you know what? You're trying to talk yourself out of it. If you told somebody else, they'd probably try to talk yourself out of it. Oh, I'm just getting goosebumps. Oh, I'm just getting a little bit emotional. That's fine, but you know in your heart that that's not true. Friend, all I can share with you is, years ago, someone shared this message with me, and God, I encountered that risen Lord. It wasn't on Easter weekend, but it was resurrection day for me. Amen? Because I met that Lord and He's changed my life forever. If you've never met Him, there's just no reason why you couldn't right now. If you have, if you're one of His disciples, maybe this Easter is a fresh encounter for you. Maybe you missed some things. I mean, isn't it possible to miss some things? Those first disciples, of course, of course. It all makes sense now, amen? That's what he said. Yes. It's all coming together. Maybe you're here right now and just God has just sort of pulled the scales off your eyes and said, there's some things that you haven't been seeing. It's time to take some steps of faith. Would you be willing to trust this real, we're not talking about a myth. I'm talking about a fairy tale. We're talking about a God who has been critiqued and studied for thousands of years and no one's been able to prove him wrong. It's not just one religion among many. It's not just my religion and it's better than yours. It is the God who created us who wants to come into your life and change it forever. I want to ask if you would bow your heads with me as we think about what God is saying to each of us individually. I'm not going to ask anybody to stand up and walk to the front or, or stand up and say anything to anybody else or put you on the spot or anything like that. But I want to ask you if today you would say, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. God is speaking to me and I know it and I'm tired of running from Him. Would you just lift up your hand? Nobody's looking but me and you. Would you just lift up your hand? Praise the Lord. Praise God. God, I want to give my life to you. Anybody, would you lift up your hand just between you and God? God, I want to give my life to you. Amen. Praise God. I have decided to follow Jesus. Anybody lift up your hand if that's your decision today? Praise the Lord. 
Father, I pray for people all over this room who said that God has spoken to my heart and I know I need to give my life to Him. God, I thank You that everything in their life has been leading to this moment because this is when their life really, truly, eternal life begins. I pray, Lord, that they would give us the permission, if if they will allow us, to help them to grow in that relationship with you or some other church maybe that they're a part of. God, that this would be the beginning of great hope and great, great story and great purpose ahead for their life. Father, for those of us who have sat in a service like this or a Bible study or in our car, or someone in our family prayed with us, or someone at work talked with us about God. We've given our life to you, but God, we're not living in light of a risen Lord. I pray that you've spoken to our hearts, Lord. We take that next step. It might be a small step. Some of us need to take a big step. So whatever it is, Lord, If I talk them into it, I could talk them out of it. So God, that's not my purpose tonight. My purpose is to be your servant, to seek to be faithful, to share the good news. God, I know you'll do that work in their heart if they'll allow you to. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We love you. We worship you. You're as good and even better than we've declared tonight. In Jesus' name we pray.